Oh, Momo. Chrome will gobble all your RAM. Comment on this great idea from a sketchy source. Crypto oops. Pay no attention to the microphone behind the curtain. And we're talking DerbyCon with a Jedi Day tonight on Iron Sysadmin Podcast, episode 56. Yay, Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome to tonight's show, folks. We've got a guest host and our usual uh, compliment. So uh, I'm your host, Nate, and uh, joining me tonight is one of our usual hosts, Jason. You can barely see the pink wall. That's me. You're covering the pink. No, wait, actually, we can see it pretty well tonight. I mean, you need to fill those. There's more of the red wall showing. It's pink. Pink wall. It's red, man. (laughs) And our guest host tonight is Tim. You want to give yourself a quick intro there, Tim, so people know who who you are and why we're talking to you? Uh, I'm a Jedi. You can see me with some of my work with whose slide is it anyway. Um. Kind of on Rally Security podcast, but we're on hiatus for a while. Hiatus right now, so I don't feel so bad about uh, starting late tonight. Then at least we got a show. <laughs> so uh, yeah. you you well, cut up you you, you cut up for a second. Tim is is also known as a Jedi Day. You'll know him within um, probably most of the infosec community as that. <laughs> that guy with the stickers. The guy with the stickers. So uh, we've got we've got Tim on, and uh, with any luck. In a few minutes, we'll also be joined by another friend, Danny. We're going to be chatting about DerbyCon tonight and uh, some of the events that uh, both myself, Jason, to some extent, Tim and Danny have been involved in uh, for the past couple years at DerbyCon. So we're following our our uh, our interview that we had with uh, Mog and um, Quadling from a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going to try to make this a regular thing up until DerbyCon 2019, which is unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for some people, <laughs> the last the last DerbyCon. Such a shame, I think. So uh, we're going to follow the usual format for tonight. We're going to go right into the news, and then uh, Danny should join us at some point, unless he bails on us. You never know with that guy. And then uh, then we'll get on to our main topic. So... The first article I've got is a strange one. It comes from the bowels of the internet. It's from Forbes. Um, I don't know if anybody... I mean, what? Forbes? Forbes is the bowels of the internet? Uh, no, no. But the, well, at times the, it can be. The thing that they're talking <laughs> about is coming from the bowels of the internet. Uh, so you've heard of all these various um, internet legends like Slenderman and I guess legends, is that the right word? Uh, urban legends. How's that? Like Slenderman, and there's been a couple others over the years. Uh, the latest one is called Momo. I don't know where they come up with these names. But anyway, I've seen a number of articles show up 
in the past day or two on a couple social networks about the Momo Challenge. And uh, the articles are all about how horrible this thing is and how it's convincing children and teenagers to hurt themselves or even commit suicide. And um, as a parent with a kid that's, you know, eight years old and starting to venture onto various well-monitored things on the Internet, uh, of course, it's the sort of thing I wanted to read into. So I did a little bit of research because I know how the Internet likes to blow things out of proportion. And um, I came across this article on Forbes about uh, basically exactly what I thought uh, Momo was going to turn out to be. And it's basically a thing that was weird and creepy that got blown out of proportion and isn't actually causing people to hurt themselves. It's just a creepy thing that everyone has started a bunch of rumors about. Um, So uh, what this comes down to is Momo started as far as I can tell anyway, as this weird account that showed up on WhatsApp that befriended people, or I guess joined, you know, added people to their contacts or whatever. I've never used WhatsApp, so I don't know exactly how this works. It's not really a social network, right? It's more of a, like a text messaging platform. Um, but basically this this account named Momo would add you to, the, to, your, to their contacts, and then of course you'd get a notification. And the thing that stands out about this account is not only that it's someone you don't know, but it has this really creepy profile picture. And being an audio podcast, I can't really show it to you, but I can describe it. It's a really creepy, like, bird-like woman's face with these bug eyes and this really creepy nose and smile. And the first time I saw it, I was really shocked. It, It looks like the sort of thing that has been modified uh, via some graphic editing software, because it's obviously not it's, an actual person. It, it's it's the female Slenderman. It's yes. I mean, if you were to if you were to have a female Slenderman, that's what this thing looks like. Um, I did find out a little bit about where this image came from, and it's not what you think. Um, but I'll go into that in a minute. So the article that I read was basically saying that this was this social media um, phenomenon that was on Facebook and was on Twitter and was on all these other platforms. And when you would friend it, it would start sending you creepy messages. And the messages would escalate to the point where it goes from just weird to flat-out harmful, trying to tell people to hurt themselves or showing them how to hurt themselves or or even, even um, suggesting that people kill themselves. Um, and it's, it's, it's a challenge, right? Anyone who has kids on the internet nowadays knows that the word challenge has turned into this this um, phenomenon, right? It starts with like, I don't know if you remember years ago, there was like the ginger challenge where you would like put a, a whole thing of ginger in your mouth and see if you could do it. There was a cinnamon challenge. There was like the Tide Pod challenge. You remember these crazy things? Ice cubes. Ice cubes. The the Yeah, right. The ice water challenge. And some of these were harmless. They were just funny. Some of them are, like, really weird. We talked a couple weeks ago about this one, the 48-hour challenge. I don't know. Were you on the show that night, Jason? No, I don't think I was. Um, might have been too... Well, I forget when it was. I should have looked this up. But anyway, uh, it was basically... It was a challenge that convinced young people, teenagers, to just disappear for 48 hours, not tell anyone where they went, basically run away for 48 hours. And it was causing quite the panic in the EU because... Kids were actually doing this, and uh, just because the someone on the internet told them to. Uh, but anyway, I digress. 
Uh, so the original article that I read, the original post that I read, it wasn't quite an article. It was just one of these things where people took a screenshot of something on their phone to try to prove that it was legitimate. Um, suggested that Momo would would escalate challenges. I'm hitting my mic. Escalate challenges to 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 get you to do things, and then you had to prove that you did them, right? And then it would give you another challenge. Well, the thing that got me. The thing that first made me suspect that this was a bunch of BS was that one of the challenges was to kill yourself. Well, how on earth would you prove that to Momo? (laughs) Does Momo watch the news? (laughs) So my initial thought was that Momo was just a bot that someone created to be weird, right? It could be manned by a person. I don't know. But uh, Momo claims to be female, according to the original article that I read, you know, the post that I read, and um, it would basically do these weird things. So what it boils down to, and maybe it's more than this, this is what I've been able to figure out in like the eight or, t- eight or so hours that I've spent just being curious about this, is that Momo started as uh, an account on WhatsApp. And I guess there's a Twitter account, though I didn't go look for it. Maybe one of you can go search for that and get get asked to uh, to cut your wrists while you're <laughs> while you're on the show. But um, it it was creepy because of the profile picture, and it was creepy because it found people and friended them or followed them or whatever you do on WhatsApp. WhatsApp add, added you to their to your to their to its contacts, and if you talked to it, it would respond in what I feel are ways that a bot would respond to you. So, yeah, it's a little creepy, right? And what the Forbes article is suggesting is that this in no way has ever asked anybody to hurt themselves. It's never asked anyone to kill themselves. Um, It's never asked anyone to do anything weird. Uh, It's just basically this thing that existed that the Internet has blown out of proportion. Wow, that was a hell of an intro for Danny. Yeah, right. (laughs) This thing that has been blown out of proportion. (laughs) Hands down. That is the most opportune thing you could have said. That is perfect. Welcome welcome to Irons of Sidman, Danny. (laughs) What up, bitches? (laughs) He he drove he drove in for this occasion. Yeah, I see. see. Yeah, right. He's just like, man, the kids being noisy. I got to go hang out in the car. (laughs) No, so literally, like, I was I'm going to dinner with a buddy of mine, but like, it's not till nine. I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna go early. And then like, my mom is old, and she's like, I don't know how to do anything, so I'm trying to log in to her stuff. And she's, I, I don't know, I think she's imagining shit. And then somebody else was like, hey, can you help me review a blog? So I'm just gonna actually sit here until nine o'clock. And then. And then, and then someone's like, hey, do you want to be on a podcast? And you're like, sure, I'm going to do that thing <laughs> from my car. Three, three things I did not intend on doing, and they all happened like the past 40 minutes. In my defense, I contacted you like eight hours ago. I just did it through the wrong channel. You did. I mean, but in, in your defense, I'm, I'm very nuanced. Like, there are certain ways to approach me for certain things. Okay, so when, you, when, when I want player. you to be on the podcast, I need to reach out via text message. <laughs> Well, if it's like a day out thing, and it's important. Right. Okay, cool. So, uh, since you just joined, Danny, I don't know if you got my link to the show notes, or if you're able to view it from your car. 
now that we've officially derailed our first news article. We're, we're reviewing the news at the moment, Danny. Uh, okay, well, forgive me. So, yeah. No, no, it's fine. We, I told you to join I, late, I didn't and, and you did. Me for once. Yep. Just, just send, send, him, send him the picture of uh, Momo, and, and that'll, that'll make him happy. Yeah, just open up the, <laughs> open up the first news link, and you'll know, you'll know why I said that this has been uh, creepy and blown out of proportion. <laughs> Hold on, I have too many slacks. Uh, uh, I, I, I think this picture will end up in a slide deck, though. Oh, he definitely Everything ends up in a slide deck. Holy shit. What is that? <laughs> I was I was actually going to get to that uh, shortly after you uh, you interrupted. <laughs> and what is with these shitty sites playing video in the bottom corner? I didn't I, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. You must be referring to CNET. No, it's the Forbes, Forbes one. What's oh, CNET? the Forbes one didn't play any video for me. Okay. Scum. Forbes is scum. You have likely seen a number of stories. No, I haven't seen a single one. Oh, well, the there goes our advertising with Forbes. Yeah, there it goes. Yeah. Nice, Danny. Man. Oops. All right, well, how about you guys just keep talking and I'll read Yeah, we'll do that. So now that I've been officially derailed, where was I? Oh, we were talking about how uh, Momo is creepy. Um, right, so... Who was speaking? Oh, that was... I I, I clicked the link you, and it's a <laughs> It was you getting your... Okay, what? Which what? link? There's a link in the article on Forbes that says Momo Challenge. It takes you directly to a YouTube video. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't click that. I don't know what that is. All right. Well, <laughs> continue. All right, so anyway, Momo is trying I to... Uh... Are, are you done, Dave? <laughs> I haven't done can, can I speak? <laughs> I, I haven't seen them for a while. Gosh. Right, so uh, we've been over oh, wow. what Momo is reported to be and what Forbes thinks Momo is and what I think I believe Momo actually is and how it got blown out of proportion by the internet uh, because that never happens, right? Never. Never. Nope. Um, so in the little bit of research I was able to do today, I figured out, or I found, I should say, a, uh, a link to a YouTube video that basically described what they had figured out uh, regarding Momo and where this creepy picture came from. So the picture is actually, um, I, I want to say it was Japanese. It's its actually a sculpture in uh, a museum. It's, it's either in China or Japan um, where this is like, and, and if you see the entire picture, this woman's head is attached to the body of like this creepy looking chicken. Like it's it's all skin toned like a human. It's actually it's it's like if you were to take a naked woman and turn it into like the body of a chicken. That's the best way I can describe this thing. It's it's really really it's even creepier when you see the whole thing, if you could believe that from the picture of this face. Um, so that's where the picture came from. It's not. I thought this was like some CG model or an actual woman's face that they had modified because that looks like a stretched human face, right? You know, like in uh, uh, like a Photoshop, that you can do that like, stretch like, effect. It looks like uh, the faces from uh, Beetlejuice. Right. Yeah. 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 That is. It does look like one of the faces from Beetlejuice. I forget when I first saw the picture. It had reminded me of something. Oh, um, Tim Burton stuff. Tim Burton's claymation stuff, like uh, Corpse Bride and the Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This is that's what it first reminded me of. Uh, but then when I read the supposed post about how this thing is like some malicious uh, uh, social media account that's convincing children to hurt themselves, that, uh, you know, that that all changed. So, yeah, I mean, that's 
that's basically what I've learned about Momo. And the reason I wanted to talk about it was, one, because um, many of us are parents, and there's probably folks who listen to the show who are parents and may have heard about Momo and may have started going off the deep end, sharing it with all of their other parent friends uh, or coworkers or whatever because they're worried that this thing is going to convince your children to hurt themselves. Um, and really, that's kind of the problem with Momo and things like Momo. It's basically a hyped-up internet craze that isn't actually that may not actually be hurting anybody. Now, I could be wrong, but all the all the stuff I found has basically suggested that this really never hurt anybody, and it's just that it's been hyped, you know, all over the place, just like Slenderman of old. <laughs> Yeah, but didn't something actually like didn't someone actually kill somebody in Slenderman? Uh, there were two girls yes. that attempted to do something. Yeah. Yeah, but again, that was what I'm getting at is Slenderman didn't tell those girls to do something. They went crazy because of the hype surrounding Slenderman. Uh, so kind of like every Trump supporter. <laughs> And we've gone right into politics. How do you feel about it religion, Danny? It, it, it wasn't me. Or <laughs> <laughs> you should ask. There's a new bad religion coming out. Uh, yeah, there you go. Out. That's a that's Super a good save. So my, I mean, my my point is that Momo may not have been hurting anybody, but now that folks are going to latch onto the name and the picture, it could, like the whole movement could. Apparently, people are like dropping Momo's picture into YouTube videos and they're making YouTube videos about, you know, kids hurting themselves in, in Momo's name. And this is bad, right? So what could have been just like somebody trying to get a laugh out of WhatsApp, putting this creepy picture up there and making a bot that follows people has now turned into something that could actually hurt people. Right. And that's, that's a problem in my eyes. I mean, this, pretty this is I, pretty much how my career started. You, so, so I looked. I looked up the Slenderman stabbing. Um, right. One of the girls. One of the girls got forty years in a mental hospital. Good. Good. Now, did they yeah, hurt is. somebody else, or did they hurt each other, or hurt themselves? She was, nah, she. They stabbed. Uh, they get stabbed. The girl. Uh, for, uh, nineteen times. Oh, that's right. And this. And then she claimed Slenderman told her to do it. Yeah, right? something like that. Sort of like, was, sort of like an, what's his name attempt. from the seventies? Uh, what the son of Sam said his dog told him to do it. Yeah, so stabbed her nineteen times in an attempt to impress the fictional character Slenderman. Right, right. So that's my point, right? You go from this like seemingly harmless but creepy thing, like Slenderman. That that basically it started as somebody had edited a picture, right? They put Slenderman in the background of the picture. Eight. Uh, I remember right, the source was on something awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, Slenderman was a, uh, a game at 1.2, wasn't it? Was it? The, there is a video game. There's also a really bad movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> like anything. Maybe maybe in a couple years we'll have a very bad Momo movie as well. But if I remember right, it was, it was some uh, story that was written on uh, something awful. Okay. That's where it started. I forgot about something awful. I haven't seen that website in forever. Is it even around? Maybe I shouldn't look. It is still around. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, Momo 
the Momo challenge may or may not be a thing. It's something, I mean, it really, parents who are worried about things like the Momo challenge, I think realistically what they need to be worried about is just monitoring their kids online in general. It shouldn't be one thing that makes you think, oh, my kid might be learning something bad from the internet. Yeah, I uh, I struggled with that too, man. Like, even though there's like YouTube Kids, which Jackson is on. Oh crap! I used his real name on the internet. Oh, he's dead. Um, <laughs> even though, like, so like you, he you has, could have just said, "We just call him Jackson." He's not really his name. <laughs> yeah, because that's believable. <laughs> I'm betting most of your viewers aren't idiots. We're, we're uh, big. We're big Michael fans. <laughs> He anyway. goes. On, he goes on YouTube Kids, and like I'm only like peripherally aware of like what he's watching. I mean, it all sounds good, but like a lot of he, he likes videos regardless of language and shit yep. too. My so, kids like, are the same way. I don't know <laughs> if he's like if if it's some cute Russian video telling him to stab mommy and daddy. Like I don't in know. Russian, I don't yeah. <laughs> in Russian, maybe he's picking that up. He's gonna speak ten languages at this point. Yeah, right. So, like, but you know, I don't watch all the videos with him because they're five minute videos and he, he knows how to swipe and change so I mean like what if yeah, what if this thing came across on YouTube kids? Like That's that's really actually that's one of the concerns that was at least in the original post that I read. Um you, you missed the beginning, but I this all spawned because a bunch of people that I follow or I'm friends with on various social networks has started sharing this article or technically a a picture of a post from social media or supposedly about Momo and how, or the Momo challenge and how it's telling people or telling kids to hurt themselves and it's infiltrated YouTube kids and all these things. So, um, another parent that I'm friends with, uh, said that she asked her kids if they've heard of the Momo challenge and they both answered yes, which was kind of creepy to her. And they even described the picture that's in this article. Right. So does that mean that they've been asked to hurt themselves or does that just mean that it's been flashing up in YouTube videos because YouTubers are trying to be sensational? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still I still think the Internet's a fad. The whole Internet. Yeah, it's it's a passing craze, man. It'll another 30 years or so. It'll be gone. <laughs> I mean, you know. What is there? eBay? That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I don't have any expert analysis on this stupid YouTube video that people are getting all bent out of shape about. Yeah. Mostly because I know there'll be a different one next week and we'll forget all about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when the, the Tide Pod thing came around. It was like a week and a half and gone. Mm. And all, all you get now is like the, the, the crotchety old parent from time to time talking about how kids are so dumb they're eating Tide Pods. It's like, yeah, that was that was like a, two months ago, man. Shut up. Speaking of which, I'm starving. <laughs> starving. You're going to go eat a Tide Pod? Well, you know. Any port in a storm. <laughs> All right, on to Chrome. Yeah, our next article is from CNET, and if you open this, you'll get an advertisement. Mine was for Ford trucks. I don't know. I didn't get an advertisement. You I didn't get one. Just, You're just lucky. Me all about tech today. It was a very loud advertisement about Ford trucks. <laughs> Which makes sense because most Ford truck owners are loud as shit. Could be. Man, you're just full of the opinions tonight. Glad I don't own a Ford, man. That's bitter. fighting words Somebody's right there. Bitter. Somebody's bitter. He wants. He wanted. He wanted a Ford truck, and he couldn't. No, I <laughs> wanted a night where I wasn't doing anything, and now I'm multitasking. <laughs> Chrome should get extremely fast at loading a whole lot of web pages. What? Yeah, Chrome should get really yes. fast. Oh. 
All it has to and do is gobble up, up all your the memory. rest of your memory. Yeah, right. But what else is new? It takes up all the memory as it is. That's the point. So, um, Google in Chrome is uh, uh, talking about a new feature they're going to start uh, throwing or trying out in 2019 and hopefully deploying in 2020. They're calling it BF Cash, which is like the worst name ever. Big fucking cash. Uh, back backward and forward cash. So, okay. I was close. does that mean does that mean BFG stands for backward forward gun? Yeah, <laughs> totally. No. <laughs> so uh, the basic idea here is that Chrome is going to start saving sort of a snapshot of a page you're in. So like I'm right now looking at this CNET article. Chrome will be saving like a footprint or a snapshot of this particular page. So that if I click on one of the links in this page and it takes me to the next page and then I hit the back button, it won't have to reload the page. It'll just load that memory snapshot. Which Was this is really that much of a problem? Uh, apparently. <laughs> so apparently Firefox and Safari are already doing this. So Chrome is just kind of catching up. Uh, they say, let's see, there's some statistics. Some st yeah, that's a hard word to say. Statistics in here. Stats. stats. Some stats in here that say, let's see, 19% of pages viewed on Chrome for Android and 10% of pages on Chrome for personal computers. Uh, hitting the back button is the most common way people are getting back to these pages. Or it's a, it's a common action, I should say, people pressing the back button. So, um, yeah, they feel like this is a good move. And apparently Firefox and Safari did too, because they're already doing it. This is a good step forward, but I'm waiting for the Chrome that they're going to release in 2021 that pre-downloads the entire internet to your computer for you. Yeah. So you can just, when you go, it's instantaneous for every yeah, single thing. you page. just have everything local, and then you don't have to worry about all, the, all these cloud providers and stuff. You don't need to worry about it. All the content will be on your machine, on your several petabyte drive, like, <laughs> your local like, machine. Like, this is a problem that wasn't a, a problem. Or maybe it's just me and my privilege and my gig internet that I don't have to care about things like my back button work doesn't work fast enough. Yeah, so they the article goes in to say that this is more than just the page will load faster. Um, they say it could also have an impact on the internet at large, just the amount of data that's being moved around and, um, you know, demand on web servers and whatnot, which... Personally, again, this seems like a marginal increase, but I guess many marginal increases mean great increases, right? So, so I keep telling my way. <laughs> All right, Danny. It's always a joy having Danny on the show. <laughs> been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Indeed. Well, my my other podcast crew just up and folded. <clears throat> we're we're on hiatus. Indefinite hiatus. hiatus. And uh I'm <laughs> I'm I'm wholly unreliable to the other podcast I'm on. I'm sorry, Joey. Shout out to Hacker for Bourbon. <laughs> That's so unreliable. <laughs> I still haven't told him I can't go on tomorrow night. <laughs> See? Oh, they know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim was just no, saying before. That uh, if you made this show and didn't make make uh, your show tomorrow, that that'd be a problem. <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> you heard it first on Iron Sizzit, man, folks. Danny will not be Breaking on Hackers news. with Bourbon. Yeah, I have. I have a. I mean, I could 
try to put my laptop on a table at dinner with my friend. I'm sure they'll understand. There you go. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Chrome. Who cares? Chrome. Yeah, Chrome. All right. Who gives an F? We have another article from CNET, which also loaded a advertisement for a Ford truck when I opened it. God, I make one Trump joke, and all of a sudden, all the ads are Ford trucks. <laughs> Yeehaw! Are you are you are you stereotyping, Danny? Salty. Oh yeah, Danny's stereotyping. Anyway, so who who remembers Gab? Anybody remember Gab? I'm not prejudiced. I stereotype. It's quicker. It's totally different, right? I mean, it fits right in with Gab, I guess. Yeah. Does anybody remember the social network Gab that showed up in the news maybe six six months ago? Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Do you remember hearing about about it? But this concept I'm reading here sounds real familiar. Yeah. Yeah, So I think we'll do this. We'll go over it in a moment. I think that concept is is not anything new. No. Gab. No. Oh, I know it's uh, not new. Gab was the social media platform for um, uh, people that got booted off of Twitter. White supremacist piece of shit. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, alt right people. Sorry. Yeah, so this might be six months to a year ago, and we did talk about this on the show. Again, I didn't look it up in the. I'm, I'm terrible at looking up old shows, guys. Uh, we uh, we talked about this because it set a weird precedent, and this was, you know, Gab was hosting a. I forget the I specifics. Gab yeah. was hosting a guy or or an account or a presence of some sort uh, that was spouting white supremacist crap. And Gab refused to censor them. Right? Because they uh, considered I, it freedom I, of speech. Yeah. Right? These tool bags. Which, uh, yeah, it's freedom of speech, but it's also hate speech. So where do you fall there? Well, apparently Gab still falls on the side of freedom of speech. Uh, and because of it, they lost their hosting with GoDaddy and a number of other providers. They were kicked off of one of the caching, the content caching providers. Was it Google's? Something like that, yeah. I forget which oh. one it was. But they were kicked off of a number of things, basically saying, sorry, guys, you can't play anymore. Well, apparently they're still around. And now they have a new idea to add a comment section to everything on the internet. Yeah, because that's that's all I want to say. It's been done before, right? Yeah. So to me, this sounds like a wonderful and a horrible idea all at once. So the idea is that this will be in the form of a browser plugin. And in the article, they actually and this this goes back to another thing that we've talked about. This goes back, or this they also mentioned that they expect that they will be banned from various browsers, app, or app stores, or plugin stores, uh, and that there are ways to download an uh, extension without using those particular um, stores, which, of course, circumvents all of the security that's built into your browser's plugin. Um, the, the word keeps eluding me. The, the, the place where you get extensions that are blessed by your... Uh, uh, Oh, yeah, the, the, the thing with the place. and The, the, the thing with the extensions. So, yeah. like, Firefox has a place to go get Firefox extensions that have been vetted. I assume they've been vetted. So does Chrome, you know, whatever. Um, so, the... Yes, I don't think this is a new idea. I don't know. Did, does anybody remember Web Rings? This seems like the first instance of, <laughs> of something the, similar that I can recall. <laughs> there was a web browser extension that did something like this. 
way back when, a billion years ago, and I can't remember the name of it because obviously it didn't last in a way like other yeah, that's, brilliant that's ideas that people have. And there's the one there's, I was thinking of as well. This is seriously just this is just a tool meant to harass people. Yeah, like, so that's all this is. So the the problems I see with this is it's stupid. Well, well, right. so you, I mean, you can say it's a tool to harass people, except that if I don't have it installed, I can't see it. So I mean, right? Oh, there's okay. there's some Nothing. nuance there, right? So on ironsysadmin.com, where I host this podcast, I let comments turned on. Why would you do that? Well, I leave them on so that people can leave feedback for the show. Well, now that I know that, I'm going to go leave some of my own feedback. Right. So, like, 80% of the stuff that I get is just spam. Or it's, you know, things that are not related to the show or whatever. It's just people that are trying to spread whatever they want to spread. And I never publish it because there's no reason to. Um, in, say, like, the YouTube world, uh, you publish a video, and there's, like, not a not a small percentage chance that you're going to get nothing but flame and hate for whatever you've posted, right? And for those things, you you are more than welcome to go and delete those comments if you want to, or hide them, or moderate them in some way. Uh, recently, I've heard of YouTube actually shutting off channels because folks would go and follow certain YouTubers around YouTube and comment on all of their stuff promoting hate speech. So, actually, channels that were unrelated to these comments were getting shut down. So, my point is that the comment section on any article or any piece of content that you've released does have a certain amount of power to it, right? And removing the ability for the content owner to moderate those comments, to me, as a content creator, seems like a really bad thing, right? So, if, yeah. if Gab is hosting comments on the Iron Sysadmin podcast's um, episodes, and we don't get to have any say in what those comments say. We don't have the ability to moderate them for whatever reason. I think that's bad. It's graffiti. Exactly. Now It's, it's literal internet graffiti. The nuance here is, I don't have to run that plugin. Neither do any of our listeners. Neither does right. anybody, right? But if people are running it, and they come across my content or our content or whatever, and there's all these horrible comments on there, I may never know. Yeah, but but given the wild popularity of Gab, um, right? <laughs> That's right. No, it, it's just going to be a tool for these people to circle jerk themselves to death. Yeah, yeah if only it was that easy. <laughs> and suddenly the internet was a better place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was going on? Yeah. All right. F, F them. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So, hey, um, uh, raise your hand if you have a uh, cryptocurrency wallet. Oh, wait, this audio podcast. Say I if you have a cryptocurrency wallet. It's a fad. It's a I, fad. I mean, I, I think so, I, I, I may have one, but that's years when, ago, and I don't think I know. When you, when you <laughs> set it up, did you, did you spell check the password? Oh, I spell check all my passwords, don't you? Okay. You got to make sure they're spelled right, <laughs> otherwise you don't know if you know. What if I typoed my password? Uh this is uh, this is yet another case of. Well, there was this this uh, uh, SDK that I was using, and 
And there was this great function that took care of this thing that I wanted. I used it. I, I didn't realize that it would send my password to Google in the clear. To spell check. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> brilliant. Just brilliant. So, uh, right. What is this? Coin, Coinomi wallet? Yep. Coinomi. Is that how you pronounce that? Coinomi. So anybody who runs Coinomi's uh, wallet, I, is this an Android app? I didn't read this article. I'm sorry. Um, I included I it, and I only briefed briefly skimmed over it. I believe this is this is a desktop application. Oh, even better. Uh, it's a it's a Chromium based app. Oh, using Java. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So so um, let's see. Uh, if you if you have a uh, crypto anything. Um, they're not all written by geniuses. Matter of fact, most of them aren't. So security may not actually be there. Yeah, I guess you have a little bit of uh, experience in cryptocurrencies, huh? So you can you can speak uh, to at least some not, of this. Yeah, not not much, but I mean, look, a lot of these a lot of these applications are are sort of thrown together because crypto is is it's the big craze right now. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's got a coin. Everybody's making millions or zero, uh, or losing money. No, they're all whatever. they're all making millions. That's that's what uh -huh. that's what the except internet those, will tell you. Except all those people that that went and uh, uh, mortgaged their houses to oh, buy Bitcoin God. when it was up at eighteen thousand, and then lost half of it. Yeah, regretting that, huh? A little bit. Uh, what's, what's, what's Bitcoin at today? Oh, it's under four thousand. That's okay. Well, it's okay. It'll bounce back. It'll bounce back. Yeah, sure will. <laughs> so, so. Uh, um, part of the, part of the problem here is that like, like any application, there's a, there's a certain amount of trust that you're putting into this when you're, when you're using it. Um, and your average person doesn't know to check for these sorts of things. Like, would you check to see if, uh, the password you're putting in for your crypto wallet is being sent to Google for spell checking? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't really notice that until I saw the red squigglies under it and then went, oh, shit. Yeah, right. Someone just spell-checked my password. I wonder if it did that. I guess it would have if, if they used whatever API call or whatever. Sorry, not API. Um, why, yeah. why, why does everything suck? <laughs> why does everything suck? <laughs> because it's written by, I mean. Oh, by the way, speaking of like crypto cluster Fs, um, do you guys listen to, uh, not to like horse something else out on your own podcast, but do you listen to Darknet Diaries? Hell yes. I, I've, I've heard yeah. a few episodes. I, I really need to listen to more. You have to listen to all of them. The go ones, back, the ones I've heard awesome. have been good. <laughs> go back, to, go back to 2017. He does a two part. I think it's a two part series on Mount Gox. Oh God. That's a great Holy one. Holy. It's shit. <laughs> oh my God. The just. The amount of oh oh, it's so good. Go listen to it. I'm gonna have to yeah, go listen to I, it now. Yeah, I will be listening to that one. Oh, it's yeah. so dumb! It's so dumb. He just keeps losing. And lo oh, you moron! Anyway, <laughs> I think it is too. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, hey guys. Anyway, uh, I hate to uh, to snark and run, but I got I got to go get to this place for the thing. Oh. I know. Oh. We had you on so you could talk about whose slide later, and now you're not even going to be here. 
No, I know. I it's just it's just inopportune time. But yeah, yeah okay, um, it's fine. We get it. Uh, who's like <laughs> who's like coming this weekend to Whopper Summit and then Circle City and I don't know. Still waiting on the DefCon acceptance. Last year, I have to really put quickly. up with you this weekend. What's that? I have to put up with you this weekend. I don't even have a hotel room yet. You're gonna have to put up with me literally. I I, I, well, I have a hotel room. Like you can sleep on the floor. Um, you can sleep I'm in his car. Too. So don't don't uh, don't upset me. I'll throw you out. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, bitch. I, I run this down. Nice. Uh-huh. Well, well, thanks for joining, Danny, and throwing in your your colorful commentary. This was fun. <laughs> I love the goat. It's coming along nice. Good to see you, Danny. I miss you, man. <laughs> well, we got Circle City Con. Yeah, can we tell Ben to get his shit together so we can put Rally back on the air? Like I said, you can, you I, can I just do it without him. No, we we have tried that and it does not work. <laughs> we, we need adult supervision. Uh, we've we've tr- no <laughs> no bad idea. If you wonder why. Go back and search for the episode with uh, Big Andy and Smalls and Mainframed where Oscar had to run it. <laughs> no, no. If, if you need to know why, just rewind this episode to the point where Danny joined. <laughs> Literally <laughs> And that. listen to it again. <laughs> Literally that. Because the first, the first word that came out of your mouth was derail. Yep. Hey, you're, you're getting a hey, phone call. Ringing. Yeah, everything's going apeshit. Okay. All right. Later, Danny. When the, when the <laughs> ringtone stops, you know Danny has logged out. <laughs> wow. All right. That was fun. Okay. So, right. Cryptocurrency apps that spell check your password. I mean, really, you got to spell check right. everything. Yeah. So, so some, some quick background on this. The guy that, that um, I guess, found this and reported it lost uh, 90% of his funds. Um Presumably, I mean, they don't directly say it was because of this. I think it was a, uh, um, he, he's guessing this may have been the reason. Total Um, coincidence. Uh, to the tune of, uh, oh, it's in here somewhere. Uh, 60 to 70,000. Yeah. Between 60 and 70 K. Wait, did, did he then try to sue Google over it? But Google's not at fault at all. You can't even. Google didn't protect their spell check API. Coinomi um, should though. Oh, okay. He. I thought. Okay, I thought you meant he was like somehow related to Coinomi. Like he was. No, no. He's just a guy. The writer, so. Just a guy who was using it. Okay. Now doesn't. Right. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> so yeah, if you uh, if you feel like you want to write an application for anything that that has an authentication piece, especially a cryptocurrency wallet, be careful how you protect that password field. All right. Please, the internet is counting on you. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless you have many, many years doing crypto programming, um, <laughs> don't write a wallet. General, you probably <laughs> should. <write it. laughs> Man. So anyway, let's move on. What do we got? So you you had added a new article here about uh, from Engadget about a Google device. Yes. Yeah, Google has. You guys have heard about this uh, Nest Secure thing, right? No, actually, I haven't. What is the Nest Secure? Uh, uh, it's something to do with. Um, uh, it's like a security system from Nest. So, like Nest has the cameras. Nest has the uh, uh, the the thermo- the thermostats. Thermostats. Yeah, those. 
And uh, now they have this security system that they started putting together. Um, and uh, so these these are out there. And uh, oh, uh, by the way, oops, uh, there there's a microphone in it. Google, so Google I tell anyone. I have to ask: Is there a microphone in it because it also incorporates some kind of voice commands? Um. Apparently, okay. So so. From what I understand, the, the microphone's been in there since like 2017, um, and until they upgraded the firmware in it to turn on the Google Assistant, oh. which wasn't a feature, uh -huh. nobody had any idea there was a microphone in it. Oh, so now it's like, hey, you can use your Google Assistant on your Nest Secure, and everyone's like, wait, what? Yeah, wow, how, <laughs> how does that work? There's no microphone in this. If you look at the tech specs, there's no microphone. Yeah, it's bonus. Yeah, right. It's uh it's it's a it's a software defined microphone, right? Yeah, you just download your microphone. <laughs> it's like you can download more RAM for your system. Listen, I did that in the nineties. It was called RAM Doubler and it worked. <laughs> you have M three eighty six. Um yeah, so uh so yeah. Awesome. So the Nest Secure has a microphone no one knew about. And now Congress, we, we glossed over that part. This article I, is about that Congress yeah, is asking Google about it. Yeah, this because it's Google. Just like if something happens with Apple, they get drugged before Congress. If this was if this was Joe's awesome security system, yeah. Congress wouldn't even care. Yeah, ever since they drug Zuckerberg in front of Congress to talk about Facebook security, I guess this is the new thing, right? If you're a tech giant, you must answer for your your uh, misdoings. Yep. So yeah, hey, if Oof. you've got one of these things, there's a microphone in it. Maybe you knew, maybe you didn't, but you might actually have Google Assistant now. <laughs> you do now. <laughs> <laughs> and God knows what else. I wonder, I mean, has anyone bothered to figure out if the microphone was doing anything before? That's what I'm curious about. Was it there, but literally just powered off and not doing anything? Or has it actually been listening to everyone all this time and doing something with that data? Good question. I yeah. have no idea. I always wanted to, uh, ever since I got my Google Home device, I always wanted to do, like, packet captures on it to just to see what it's doing. And I never got around to it. I'm going to have to do that. You're gonna have to man in the middle. It that should all be over uh, uh, secure. Yeah. HTTPS, but yeah. At least you hope it is. That's yeah, all in the clear. It's <laughs> password checking, or it, yeah, it's 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 spell checking my passwords while I'll, while I speak them. <laughs> okay, Google, send all my passwords to Google. It's already doing that. <laughs> uh, okay. That. Have we beaten up on Google enough? Should I play the music? Right, we make up the music. I'm going to play the music. For those of you that are in the YouTube chat, think of all of the words that you can possibly think of that rhyme with tarp. LARP. LARP. CARP. 
Um, harp is in there. Okay, now we need, um, let's see. Flarp? Is that a word? <laughs> Sounds like a uh, Dr. I Seuss mean, thing. Seen, I don't think it's actually a word, but I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with, rhymes with tarp. Is it good enough? <laughs> okay, anyway, so we're done with the news. Now we can just kind of relax and talk about stuff. Got any announcements? Looks like Whopper Summit's coming up, huh? Yeah, so Whopper Summit is this weekend. Um, cool. Uh, myself and my son are, are uh, part of the volunteer crew, so that should be fun. Uh, Whopper is like a... Uh, it's more of a hardware side of things, so it's it's kind of a hardware conference. A uh, bunch, of, bunch of the security people that I know will be there, some, some of the you know tech people from various different walks of life. Um, but this one is a hardware-focused uh, setup. Do we get to play global thermonuclear war? Or tic-tac-toe? That's a good question. Yes. If you're going to call your conference yeah. Whopper Summit, there, there has to there be some <laughs> reference to global thermonuclear war and tic-tac-toe. I, I imagine there will be. I, 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 I'm new as of uh, Monday, so... There, there uh, better be, because if there <laughs> isn't, there's going to be hell to pay. Uh, okay, so you'll be there, uh, and you can make them pay? Unfortunately, I won't be there. Oh, well. Uh, it does sound like fun. Tickets are still available until, let's see, I think, I don't remember how it works. We uh, did We did talk about this. they're available until tomorrow, and then there's walk-in times. tickets or something. Is it whoppersummit.com? We looked this up during our last I had show. It just the site it. cannot be reached. Apparently, whoppersummit.com is not it. Uh, whoppersummit.org. Oh! TLDs so are so cold. hard. In-person registration is $100. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, yes. Ms. Bat and Frank the Tank will be there doing something. Cool. Really? I did not know that. All right. Yep. Cool. Online registration closes better. tomorrow. So, yeah. I believe they have a workshop, if, uh, if I remember correctly. Cool. Because um, this is usually the weekend we would have uh, B-Sides Indie. I, I, I was excited before. I'm even more excited now. This is great. And now we don't have a B-Sides Indie. But... That's so not something that's... to be excited about, is there? Or is it? That's my. Uh, I can't talk about B sides India. Never been there, but um, so so Whopper Summit. That's my that's my big announcement. I'll be there. Cool. Um, my son will be there. A couple people. I think uh, Danny's going to be there. Um, he did mention that, except that he has nowhere to stay, so he's going to be sleeping in your car. I I mean, <laughs> okay, he can sleep in my trunk. It's kind of small. Um. It's gonna be colder than the floor of my room, but hey, well, you know. but it's Danny. You it's sleep. You guess. make him sleep in the car. Okay, <laughs> I, I'll let him out. Sorry, Tim, you try, broke up there. Try that one more yeah, time. Try again. <laughs> he, he is very comfortable in cars. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Just park it behind the dumpster, and all will be fine. Yep, behind <laughs> behind the gas station, right? Yeah. 7-Eleven. Yep. So my only announcement is that I finally got new glasses. I had my last ones for like six years. Yay. Oh, wait. I'm wearing my new ones. Yeah. So they're, they're, my old well, ones I are I need here. new ones, though. So. These are uh, 
15 years old? No. Did you just smell your glasses? No, I just put it against my mouth, I think. Um, <laughs> Let's see how no, old they are. He, he smelled the... He smelled the <laughs> no, vintage glasses. 18, I don't know. They're, they're somewhere between 15 and 20 years old. Yeah. I'm cheap. Glasses are really expensive. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I bought my last pair of Gunners uh, when you and I were still working together. Yeah. Probably a year before you uh, you left there. Left. Yeah, left. That's that's the word we'll use. Um, yep. And that's been four or five years. I think they were six years old, I want to say. Yep. And still working well. I mean, Gunner's, Gunner makes an excellent pair of glasses. They, they were graphite, graphite framed. I think they're graphite. Um, the finish was starting to wear off of them. That's the really only real problem. Not on the lens. I mean on the frame. Um, so I happily bought a, bought another pair of gunners and, uh, luckily my prescription hasn't changed much. It was really just a slight modification. I do see slightly clearer now. It's nice, but yeah, new glasses. That's like the excitement for me. Oh, and my Jeep works again. Last time around, we talked about how the transmission had exploded in my Jeep. Uh, I, I literally drove it home from the shop today, so it's working again. Yay. Yay. So, yeah, that's what I did this afternoon. I think that's all we got for announcements. Anything cool you got going on? Either of you, just speak up. Any any fun projects, any uh, neat things I, I going on? Bookshelves. You built bookshelves. That's actually, that's pretty cool. I mean, if I were you, I would have written up how I did it and released it as a blog, just because that kind of stuff is interesting to people like me anyway. I don't know. Maybe not all of the people listening. Uh, Maybe they don't care about building measured. shelves. Measured once, cut three or four times, tried to make sure I said still had all my digits yeah. when I was done. It's always measure once, cut twice. That's the way, you know, carpentry works. Yeah. Oh wait, no, that's so, the other way around, isn't it? It, it? <laughs> it looks nice, but they're 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 literally freestanding right now. Um so nothing is screwed together, nothing is glued. This is this was just the uh to make sure everything fit. Um You already have things on them though. <laughs> hey, most of that is uh the tools and stuff that I use to Is that it. like is that um, like the, the, the beta test? Let's see if it'll yeah, hold this picture frame. It does. Okay, let's <laughs> see if it'll hold this uh, whiskey bottle. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay, let's see if it'll hold this toolbox. <laughs> Screw it. Set uh, it for two production. I have all this stuff on it, and I don't want to move it. Yeah, um, right. No, right. I gotta. I, I have to do the sanding and the painting and everything else, and, and it's it's too cold out. The paint, the sanding sealer and the lacquer won't set in this much with, with the temperatures as low. So I have to wait until the temp goes up, which is which sucks. It's yeah. kind of a pain. Yeah, because I want to get it done. But I've been there. I've been there. I um, I don't want to go into like an automotive podcast, but I bought a new soft top for my Jeep years ago, and shortly after I got it, and uh, the instructions clearly said install this thing on a warm sunny day so that the thing can like because it's all canvas or vinyl and. Uh, like plastic windows and stuff, and the sun will heat it up and it'll be nice and pliable, right? Well, I bought it in March and I wanted to put the damn thing on, so I put it on in my garage. My garage is heated; it should be nice and warm, right? Worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it took me hours, and I I put a space heater in the back of the Jeep to heat up the top and everything because it I could not get the damn thing on. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, those uh, those warnings mean something. You should follow them, 
Especially, I mean, in your case, you're talking about like some kind of a finish that goes onto the wood. That's it's probably the minimum temperature in which it cures at, right? So if you put it on too low of a temperature, temperature it'll cure improperly. It might cure too fast or it might freeze instead of curing. <laughs> All bad things. Oops. Yeah. I'm slowly starting to work on stickers for this year. Yeah. Uh, got B-Sides Nashville next you know, in April. So I've got until then. <laughs> Some of your and stickers in, are, are pretty fun. I got to say, well, we, we have this, this year's, uh, making dormant cyber pathogen sticker. It's kind of orange. Kind of orange. Um, orange is good. And, and there's a few other things. We've got another this quote that, uh, was uh <laughs> powered by rainbows and unicorn farts. Awesome. Blame this for that one. Uh been working on slides for whose slide. Cool. Which I guess will be this weekend at uh, the Whopper Summit, according to Danny. Hopefully at DEF CON, right? And hopefully DEF CON it will be at Circle City Con. Cool. I'm sure uh, it'll be at Derby again too. And hopefully yeah Derby as well. Ready for it. Um, cool. I've gone through reworking slides, making new slides. Should how, be, uh, how hard of a job is that? Like, I, I always thought whose slide <laughs> was like you took existing presentations and you presented them as though they were your own. I didn't, oh no, be, before, making... before Danny started doing it, I, I had no idea that it was like, no, people make slide decks for whose slide. That that's what I'm doing. I'm making them specifically for that. Yeah. So when when Danny first you know asked for people to help, he said, "Hey, look at the video where they did it at uh, I want to say it's NolaCon." Yeah. And what the way that they did it was they took slides from existing decks and just kind of mixed them together. And here's your slides. Yeah. Um, I also saw at Circle CityCon they've done it before where they took actual slide decks that. Uh, somebody else had done and you know sometimes they were kind of weird and um so i kind of mixed together and i'm making some from scratch some do have actual themes some are just random stuff interesting Um, (laughs) you might be able to work your way through some of it um yeah, so we'll. I don't want to cover too much about who's slide now. We'll we'll talk more about it in the main topic. Um, but yeah, it would it's weird concept in general. Um, I guess the only other thing I have is I finally got my Doom poster uh, framed, which you can see in the background here. Hold on, I have right now that I've not focused on Tim. Um, yeah, my cool Doom poster from. Uh, the 90s somewhere when I bought Ultimate Doom. I finally got a frame for it. That's pretty cool. When I finally set up like a permanent office, which unfortunately never seems to happen for me, um, I'm going to hang it on the wall. There's not a lot of wall space in this particular room. So, anyway. Yeah, so I guess that's chat. Anything else to chat about before we get into the main topic, or are we good to go? I think we're good to go. Off we go then.
All right. So about a month ago, yeah, I guess it was exactly a month ago, our second episode of uh, January, we had Evil Mog and Quadling on because we had just recently gotten the news that DerbyCon was going to end after 2019. And that was kind of a shock to the community, especially those of us that have been to DerbyCon so many times. Um, I know, Jason, you've been to all of them. I've been to all but one. Tim, how many have you been to? Uh, I started going on number three. Okay. So I, I have you beat. So we have we have all, and we have all minus one, all minus two. Good. <laughs> we're, we're on a cascade. Um, <laughs> so I thought it might be fun for the second episode of each month, until September when DerbyCon comes, uh, we might bring some folks who are familiar with the conference on and just sort of chat about good times and uh, maybe cover individual topics that are related to uh, to DerbyCon, you know, things that we've been involved in. Because um, DerbyCon is one of the few conferences that I can think of where so many participants of the conference, so many attendees like to get involved in the conference, whether it's volunteer work or whether it's uh, to bring your own event to the conference or whatever. And I don't know if that's because it's getting harder to get a ticket and by volunteering you get a ticket or if it's just because people generally love the community. Um, and I understand that there's lots of other InfoSec conferences that have a similar vibe, you know, where people like to volunteer, people like to contribute in, in, in one way or another. Uh, so I feel like there's a plethora of people we can bring on to, to have similar conversations. So tonight, um, Tim, you've been involved in the Hack Your Derby contest. Uh, have you been in it every year since it started? Uh, the If I remember right, the very first year I, I wasn't in it. I think that was the first year I went. It was like 2015 or 2014 was the first year that it was there. I don't remember now. I forget because which. I, or go ahead. I I think 2015 is the first year I participated. I, I want I want to say it was the uh, the first year because I I remember seeing the award that you would get. It was the motherboard with the little derby on it that uh, Peg wrote. And yes. then there, I, but I didn't enter that year. Um. I think the first year I entered was um, I think it was when uh, Deviant had it and so yeah. it, looks, it looks like 2015 is the year I built the first Hack My Derby and that was the year that Space Rogue couldn't run it because he couldn't be there um, and the actual, the contest didn't happen. So I want to say 2013 or 2014 was the first year that it was there. I don't know for sure, though. It's it's a shame because, you know, we, like, like Dustin and I now own the contest and we don't know exactly when it started. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I figured, um, just to finish the intro, that, that we would, we'd have a, a chat about Hack Your Derby. And you're also involved with whose slide is it anyway? So I was hoping Danny could chat with us, but of course he had to run. So I guess it's it's all on you at this point. Uh, we were going to have another uh, hack your derby um, regular on the show, but he couldn't uh, couldn't be on the show. So uh, unfortunately, it's just you. It's all on your shoulders. No pressure. 
Well, at least I have my derby. You did bring this. This <laughs> this is your derby from here. I'm gonna highlight you from so last that year. anybody watching on YouTube can see it. This is your derby from this past year. It is sound sensitive, and that's pretty cool. I do remember judging this thing, and it was it's, it, it's turned out really. The, cool. the finish for this one was a lot better than the year before, and the, the year before that. Yeah, they always improve. And TNT 3.2 Lumizoid uh, board that takes care of the sound. Yeah, the TNT is just doing the the basically it's a handmade matrix that's around the top of the hat. Pretty and darn cool the, looking. Pretty darn cool. Yeah, I. I think this was the best one that I've done so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, you usually was, you usually do a light based one. You know, you had the one I, with the with the matrix of uh, you know, it was a sign on the front of or something I remember. And that um, was that was done on site? No. Oh. Definitely not. Yeah, no, that no. was done at home. Yeah. That was there, there's the there's one guy that does it on site every year and he comes in and he's got these crazy these crazy designs and we're like, Oh, so you like, I think you're on the wrong side. You should be It's like, no, I, I built this <laughs> no, no. while I was here. No, no. I spent my <laughs> whole con in the room building this derby. Like, wait, what? <laughs> this is all you did the whole time you were here. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's some pretty cool ones that show up that are on site built. Um, we, we had in, we had intended after derby con last year to take the footage that we took and make like a review episode uh, not of Iron Sysadmin, but just to release on the Hack Your Derby um, YouTube channel, and we never got around to it. So <laughs> we should really do that. Get get me and Jason and Dustin together and get that done. The year before I did that, but the the year before that, I did make a video on my hat, just you know, explaining what I did for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if, I, if you remember last year, we uh, Dustin was there with his video camera, and we were recording each one and what they did. So I still have that footage, and we really need to get the get it together and make a like a review video. But uh, we just haven't done it yet. It, it, it's a nice, fun thing to do for the for the con. This year to build, I've got plans. I got parts. I'm waiting on some parts. Yeah, so I'd really like to take the um, attack derbies from two years ago and make it awesome for this year. But man, I just don't know if I have the time. And you have to get to make that work. I need people to participate. And in order for people to participate, uh, that means they're either not building a normal hack your derby hat or it means they have to basically work double, you know? Right. So that, that makes it tough. I know you, you tried to participate two years ago when we did it for the first time, and you were pretty much the only person that was able to, and that's, um, you know, it, it didn't work out so well. I still have my display. You still have your display. <laughs> nice. The one that, that you think you may have burned while you were uh, <laughs> while you were wiring it up. And, and the Pi Zero. Yeah. 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 I, I kept that. But yeah, it... It, it was something nice to do, fun to do. Like that's why I'm going to do it again for this year, just to continue doing it. Um, I really think so. DerbyCon in general is technically an infosec conference, but um, the ability to come to DerbyCon and fiddle with electronics or to build something like that. Um, 
it's it's a weird connection between information security, which is I'm trying to put this into words. It's 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 not quite a um hardware hacking or hardware building, hardware design and building sort of uh, industry. But, I mean, it is in some ways. But the idea that you can go to an information security conference and bring your soldering iron, <laughs> right? <Well> and, <laughs> and sit around and, like, tinker on a derby that has a, a computer in it to, to do things, right? Um, it, it always seemed like when you're there, it fits perfectly. But when you think about oh, yeah. conferences, like, I wouldn't go to Red Hat Summit and expect to bring my soldering iron, Right, even no. though there's a bunch of similarly minded people there, people who build things, people who write software, people who are hackers, right? But at DerbyCon and I guess at DefCon, even though I've never been there or conferences like it, uh, it's just like, why didn't you bring your soldering iron? <laughs> well, DefCon they do have an area where there are soldering irons, anyway, right? So. Right. But it, in in DefCon and they're they're quick to point this out is a hacker con, and that there is a hardware hacking village which usually has some really interesting stuff in it yeah um but yeah from the first time i went to DerbyCon, uh level one has always been there level one is the hacker space that's up in louisville yeah yeah we had a, we had a chat a space. we had a chat with uh the blendster who's uh one of the guys who helps yeah. run that yeah. and he's a pretty cool guy uh we were gonna oh, yeah. we were gonna try to link the Hardware Hacking Village and the Hack Your Derby contest going forward, um, but that almost seems like it's not worth the effort at this point because we're going to get one more year and that's it. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, to be honest, even if somebody picks up where DerbyCon left off, um, the direction my career is going, I just don't know if I'm going to be like, oh yeah, DerbyCon version two. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to just like hop right back into a new series of InfoSec conference, even though I'm not really technically an InfoSec. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's always like an interesting thing that I like. I, I've I have found value in DerbyCon, even though I'm a sysadmin and not an information security professional, um, because it's related. It is kind of related, right? It, 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 it you're going to be doing security one way or the other. Yeah, right. As a yeah, sysadmin, usually the the info, infosec cons concentrate on red team stuff. You, you got to have the blue team in there as well, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, uh, right, right. So you, you can't just focus on nothing but red team because at the end of the day, uh, red team is sexy, but someone's got to be protecting against those people. They're, those people's job is to show the blue team what they've done wrong, right? When you really get down to it. Um, you might lose sight of that by uh, the thrill of the hack and whatnot. But, um, yeah, so blue team has to learn what the red team is up to, is what it comes down to. And that's really the main reason yeah, I ever gonna, started going to DerbyCon. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and be controversial. I, uh -oh. I think red team's boring. Really? Yeah. I mean, the more, like, I've looked at changing careers a number of times now, and I can't, I, I don't, I don't want to do that at all. I think it's boring. The uh, what, inevitably what happens is you're breaking into the places and using the same techniques every single time because they work everywhere. There's nothing new. Yeah. Like, look at uh, what is it? MSO 867. <laughs> right. So yeah. my 2008 and that still works. My my angle 
for Red Team and InfoSec and why it looked it looked at least interesting to me. Now, I'm not saying I'm about to jump uh, careers or anything, but I did think about it for a while because of my exposure to DerbyCon and my exposure to the Red side of things. Um, and mine's more of a, a point of passion, right? It's, I think that there's a big problem with systems today and in, and information security right there the 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 every day we're hearing or maybe not every day but frequently we're hearing about huge companies or small companies leaking all of our private data to the world right and you could just throw up your hands and say oh it's not if it's when right i've heard that so many times it's not if you're going to get hacked it's when um i feel like that's a cop out and i feel like like somebody or somebody's, lots of somebody's, should be doing something about that. And that's where I feel like information security is the answer, right? The The only way to, to prevent that sort of thing is to show the blue team what they're doing wrong before an actual attacker goes and does it, right? Maybe. I, I approach it differently. I don't think there should be a separation between the security team and the systems team and the developers. Yeah, I you're, think you're probably I think, right. I think all players. Should, security team should be made up of people in the development team and people in the systems team and people in the networking team. Yeah, you need you probably need one or two people to sort of oversee all of it. But if you don't have the security mindset in those teams, it's bolt on every time. Yeah. And bolt on doesn't work. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm more focusing on the industry as it is today. But you're right. A future state should certainly be that um, information security is is built in, not bolted on. Right. But that's still something you could try to achieve within the industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although I I guess you could I, you could better achieve it by being like an IT director. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I there's a place for. Um, security companies that are doing red teaming that are like, I believe that exists, but it's, uh, to me, the more exciting bit is integrating a security team into all those other functions and quite honestly playing like, like switching off, you know, have where, where your blue teamers are for a period of time playing the red team. Right. That way they understand both sides. Yeah. Right. Because, I, I don't, you know, red teamers have a set of things the way they, they do those things. And they're always going after the same stuff. And blue teamers have the way that they're doing it. And, you know, like you can offer insights on both sides. And I think combining them together into this, you know, purple team, but it's, it's beyond what I've seen purple team so far. Purple team, as it's been explained to me these days, is you've got the security team and you've got the developers and sysadmins and they talk to each other, and they work together. I'm talking about get rid of the security team, integrate it with the rest of it, and that becomes your purple team. Yeah, but purple team today is better than it was five years ago. Agreed. Five years ago, it was you know the rock star red team and the beaten down blue team. Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean... It's evolving. I just I, I want to get to that next evolution. 
I don't, we're not there yet and we right. need to get moving forward. Right. Well, found yourself a company called Purple Team R Us or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's not a function of founding a company. It's a function of taking whatever company I'm with and moving them there. Well, no, I mean, you could consult companies to help with that model. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but that's uh, that. That's not exciting. I Listen, want to take the company I work for, be, I'm passionate about, and, and do it there. Be the change that you want to see. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I just need to find a company. Well, sure, but uh, doing it for one company means that one company benefits. Doing it as a consultant means that you could change an industry. Uh, but how many companies have you seen that are that end up getting written up in prestigious journals and and give talks at at different conferences that say hey this is a thing that we did and this is the impact that it had and then yeah. that impact floats through the rest of the industry yeah well that might be that might be the place to start what i'm saying is you know the the way to change an industry is to model it in some way that you can actually get people to follow and one way to do that is to be the people that help companies follow a new model and that's a consultant. Okay, so so I'm uh, I'm officially starting a new company, and I'm looking for VC funding. <laughs> um, let's see here. Hold on. Let me let me get my wallet. <laughs> I've got uh, a dime. Door. All right. Five, six, uh, eight, eight dollars. All right. <laughs> We're rolling. <laughs> That'll get me. Uh, That'll get you your uh, your first lunch. your first gel wrist rest <laughs> for your new company. You wouldn't want to get carpal tunnel. <laughs> it probably would probably get you half of a wrist rest. Eight dollars. <laughs> anyway, we got uh, all kind of rabbit trail there, didn't we? <laughs> Oh, um, in the YouTube chat, Zachary says he has five DEF coin. So there oh, you go. that's not worth anything. Um, All because um, of Mog. <laughs> Evil Mog already took care of that. That's, Evil uh, Mog already, already ruined that currency. <laughs> Before it even went live. <laughs> All right. So anyway. Um, back to DerbyCon. Back to DerbyCon. So... Uh, you've been attending DerbyCon, you said, since what, 20, 2013, you said? Uh, yeah, number three, whatever year that was. Yeah, that would be 2013. And every year it's gotten better for me. The first year I went, I did everything wrong. I didn't go to opening. I don't think I stayed for closing. I only I think I did go wandering around a little bit, but it was also my first con. This sounds like the first time that Jason and I went to DerbyCon. Did you also no, drive 20 hours and not sleep? Uh, no, I drove about 58 minutes and uh, back and forth. <laughs> I stayed in my own home. Yeah, no, that's own nice house. to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, then the, the next year I went to opening. I stayed for closing. Uh, I actually saw fewer talks. Um, and the next after that... Uh, I think I stepped up in Louisville Saturday night because I wanted to see Crystal Method. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just easier to do that than to drive back and forth on the Dixie Dieway, which is the main road that I'd have to get up there. Um, since then, 
I go up Thursday night. I stay at you know the the Hyatt or well now Marriott. I don't come back till Sunday. Yeah. So I get nothing happens at night, which was a whole part of the con I didn't see before. Right. You know, back when right. we had the uh, Hackers for Charity silent auction, which was usually insane. Yeah. Um, especially the year when somebody kept bidding ten Canadian dollars on everything and. Quadling eventually took the the two fives that they were bidding, and he auctioned those off for ten dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> each, so he, he he got some money for him. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a whole thing I didn't get to see before. And then you know, as we're going now, I guess. And I think last year I saw two talks, although. The Friday I got, I made it through opening and got a message from work and that pretty well toasted that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah back in the, up, back up in the room, trying to find out what was going on and troubleshooting some stuff. And then finally by two o'clock, it was it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, not a, the day's pretty much over time to time to experience yeah. the nightlife. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, getting involved with hack your derby has been another fun thing to do. Uh, the root beer float thing that we do with Leslie on Saturday that I have done, been involved with that last I few I have years. missed that every year. And this year I'm going to have to get a root beer float. <laughs> or, or be part of the help for it. Yeah, I could yeah, do that. I've, I've gotten pie the past two years only because it showed up in the speaker ops room. You, oh, Otherwise okay. I, I wouldn't have gotten any. You've been at the right place uh, at the right time. In other words. Yeah, they they deliver it to us because they know we're in there. But we oh, I've cool. never had a root beer float. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, have to get Ed, a root beer float. Ed Scotus does the uh, pie stuff. I, I've seen that happen <laughs> the last two years. Uh, the the root beer float thing. Usually, Leslie will get around a bunch of people. They'll go down to CVS, get the root beer, get the ice cream, and all the supplies, and just have it go on as it's- as a. It's 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 really funny. The other day at work, uh, we had a staff meeting, and then uh, the directors got together and got us all pizza for after the staff meeting. And one of the directors decided to provide ice cream and root beer for root beer floats. And all I could think was about DerbyCon and <laughs> usually it's Saturday and afternoon. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to have her on one of these episodes. I think her and I don't know. We'll have to find someone else to come on with her. We we've been trying to do two. Well, I, th- I think it would work best if we can get two people per uh, per show. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Hacks for pancakes might be worth our own show. Um, anyway, but yeah, usually the best parts of DerbyCon aren't on the schedule. Exactly, exactly, and that's. I mean, we've we've said this a number of times. So the the first DerbyCon that Jason and I went to, we went to as many talks as we could. Um, we experienced some of the nightlife because we were there and we didn't really have anything else to do, right? We had to eat, we had to meet people, whatever. Um, but every year since then, I have gone to less and less talks. And that I don't feel like I'm missing anything by not going to the talks because they're all recorded. If there's something really interesting, I can watch it later. Um, really, the value I get from DerbyCon is the people I get to meet, the people I get to interact with. And the the conversations I get to have hanging out at Sway instead of, you know, in a talk somewhere. Now, yes, there's value in the talks. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yes. Um, there, there are certain talks 
when it's on a topic that I really want to know something about, I will absolutely try to make that talk so I can interact with the speaker. Um, or if it's someone I know and I want to support them or whatever. But from a, from a professional perspective, if they're talking about something that really affects me, I'll go to their talk so I can actually ask them questions. Right, so so there's that. Um, yeah, anyway, I guess I'm just going off on a rant about but it, it, <laughs> DerbyCon. It, like for me, that 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 is my local con. Um, right, there that are must, no other, There's no other cons here. That must be nice to be that close. It is. Um, if we're close, it's only 13 hours. That's. I mean, we could just commute every day like he does. Yeah, Mike, we, could, Mike, we, could, we, could, we could We could. drive in, go to a talk, drive home, <laughs> drive back in immediately, go to a talk, crash on the way home. No, no, no. If it, if it takes 13 hours to get there, we wouldn't even get to a talk. We would have to leave an hour before we returned. Or before we got there, so that we could get home within yeah, the same but, day. But, so we we could we could set it up so that we go to a talk in the morning, the first day, the afternoon. Then okay, right in, in in the early early afternoon, the second day, and then go to the party on the. Th oh wait, there's no party on the third day. My God, as, yeah, we can figure it out. As the guy who has driven the DerbyCon convoy for the past several years, I can say that I would not. <laughs> I would not survive that. <laughs> hey, we we survived the first year. We did barely, Just barely. <laughs> so you know, the the other cons that I attend usually I'm you know driving distance, so I'll do B size Nashville. That's in April, April thirteenth. Um, and actually, they this year got a little bit bigger space. Um, they do a three-track con. Um, you know, they'll have a red, blue, and a green. Green's for the knees. Uh, they'll pick village. They feed you lunch. It's catered. That's cool. Catered for Martin's barbecue. Chicken or brisket, sides, good food. I'll be there for um, lunch. <laughs> it, 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 now, they did have to charge more this year. Um so it's a whole twenty dollars. So that's I believe still, tickets are still available. They still usually pretty sell reasonable, out. twenty bucks. Wow, break the bank. Yeah, it, it and it's good people down there. And for me, you know, I drive down for two and a half hours, make a day out of it. Um, then in May we've got Circle City coming uh, up in Indy. Uh, May thirty first, June first, June second. Um, that's another, it's not huge. Uh, their big thing is their training workshops, uh, that's included as part of the con. Um, last year, they, the workshops that they had were a little bit different than the previous years where they would have just smaller workshops. They had more day long, or even day workshops. uh, Tony Robinson, DA six, six, seven, is going to do a workshop on his book, you know, the uh, building virtual labs. Yeah. Yeah. It's good so idea. he's going to do that at circle city con this year. That's cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. That again, that's like a two and a half hour drive. So uh, beyond like that, I don't more, have much. Uh, I go to. You have a lot more local things than we do. It seems. <laughs> well, <laughs> different States. Yeah. Well, right. Right. Well, I mean, um, I've got, I've got like, what do we have? B-Sides Delaware. 
Like, what else is close by? What was in Philly recently? B-side, was it her B-sides in B- Philly? B- there's a B-sides Philly. I haven't B-sides been to that Philly. one yet. So. B-sides Delaware. I did uh, B-sides Long Island this year, which was uh, their first year, which was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, what else do we have around here? There's, um, there's what is this? CP, CPOSC, which is the Central Pennsylvania Open Source Conference, um, which unfortunately I missed, but it's supposed to be pretty cool. Interesting. Um, I didn't didn't know that exists. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, that's in uh, Lancaster. It was in uh, it was December first last year. Huh. And now uh, there's also besides Cincinnati. I went to Wait, for the uh, first time last year. A technology conference in Lancaster. <laughs> in the middle of Amish country. <laughs> hey man. It, 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 it. Breaking. It, it's 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 like cutting edge stuff. This makes no sense it, at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay and you know we used to have skydog con that used to be the last one i would go to for the year down in nashville and yeah that ended because mog got his black badge <laughs> but uh that was another really nice one very relaxed there would be one track. saturday there would be two tracks Sunday morning, they would go over the CTF. Their CTF, they build it as the CTF for the rest of us. You would get a uh, VM image that you could run on your machine, usually themed. Uh, one year, they did sneakers. They did Catch Me If You Can. And the last year was uh, Blade Runner. Cool. And you know, it was a fun CTF because usually Saturday afternoon, you would have people bouncing ideas off of each other on what to do, what to try. Um, that's happened the last, the, the only two times I went to Skydog, uh, where, you know, where one person figures out, oh, yeah, hey, that's that, but doesn't know what to do with it. So it's just, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, then, you know, Sunday they would go over the CTF, feed you breakfast, and you're out by noon. It was a, like I said, really nice little con. Um, it's a shame that, that that's gone away too. Um, I'll, I'm going to shoot for going to DEF CON this year. I'm going to drive. I'm going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because I missed it last year, but I've gone two years before that because I wasn't going to go for DEF CON 25, but whose slide got accepted and I volunteered to help make slides for it. And Danny said, well, you know, he gets a ticket. It's like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> and that's how I got involved with whose slide where, uh, and that's just continued. We did, we ended up doing uh who slide at Derby that year as well. Yeah. And so- I know he's done it with your local group. So we we talked a bit about DerbyCon. We talked a bit about uh, Hack Your Derby, and people who listen to the show already know what Hack Your Derby is. Um, some of us may not know what Whose Slide Is It Any Anyway is. Uh, that's what we've been referring to as Whose Slide. You want to uh, maybe give people uh, a general synopsis of what the heck we're talking about? Okay, Whose Slide Anyway. Basically, you will you get assigned a random slide. You don't get to see it. As you're presenting it, that's when you get to see slides are in this deck. 
they can be very random. <laughs> um, then you get judged. And the winner, well, there are no winners other than right. the audience watching these people try to some of the slide decks that we've come up with. Um, it, it, you know, there, there are ways to game the system. At least I know of some ways to game it. <laughs> <laughs> but why tell anybody that? Because that would spoil half the fun. Yeah, right. All you have um, to do is give, you just give Danny bourbon and, and you're all good. <laughs> give me an easy one. Danny. It, no, Judges is allowed. Uh, that that was something we came up with the first year, um, and each year has gotten a little bit better. I think. Well, like the, last year we introduced poker chips. And so, see, the first year we did ping pong balls. You pick a ping pong ball out that's got the number of the slide deck you're going to give. Um, hmm. At DerbyCon, we had poker chips last year. We have poker chips again this year with the. Uh, our little mascot, the uh, blind mole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so they, it, it's just something to make it a little bit fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you don't get to see the slides before you present. And again, they're random decks. Right. So the idea is you're 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 handed a slide deck you've never seen before, and you're expected to present it, just like you would. Uh, you know, in front of in front of your colleagues or in front of a conference, um, as though you're a subject matter expert, and that's where the hilarity <laughs> comes from. <laughs> Especially on some of the random decks. <laughs> right, right. Now I do have some decks that do have the vague thread of a theme through them. Yeah, <laughs> but it's very light and. The, the best part for me is when I watch somebody giving a presentation and they're doing awesome and then they get to the next slide and they just lock up. You know, we, we've broken them. They're, they're, they're done. That's it. Yeah, I, uh, I tried to do whose slide is it one deck during the DEF CON 610 meetup and that's pretty much what happened to me on the first slide. It was like <laughs> the slide came up and I, I just, my brain went blank. <laughs> And I just had to be like, you know what? I, I can't. And I sat down and someone else took over. <laughs> yeah. It's, that That's why that was my biggest regret from last year. I didn't get to see it done at DEF CON. So I didn't get to see some of the stuff that went on. I don't know how some of this, because each time I've done tweaks to the slides, you know, something didn't work, something didn't go well, you know, just kind of change a little bit. Right. So aside from the, the fact that it's just funny, um, is there a reason that whose slide is it anyway seems to be coming to a lot of information security conferences? I'm not sure. I mean, I know it's been around for a while. Circle City has done it, I want to say, since their first, uh, since the first Circle City. I know they did it at two and beyond. It's been on and off, though. Uh, they did it two years ago. It's not a constant thing for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it. I've also seen it called Slideshow Roulette. Right. Um, where basically, you know, it, it's the same basic premise where you're it, given a random deck to present. It's, right. 
It's one way to get you thinking on your feet. So Danny has shared with me a theory that he that was shared with him uh, that folks who are good at improv comedy or folks who know how to do improv comedy, which you could argue whose slide is essentially improv comedy, comedy or at least improv, where you're thinking on your feet like that, um, learning to think that way, learning to think in a way that lets you roll with a situation um, helps you in the uh, social engineering field. You know, if you're going to walk into a building and try to go with some sort of a premise like, you know, I'm the delivery boy and I need to come into your office or, hey, I really need to use the bathroom. Can I see your data center? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So no, you go in to use the bathroom and once you come out of the bathroom, you get lost. And, oh, I didn't know which way I was going. How did I get into the data room? So, I didn't know that this room oops. with the, 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 the giant sticker that says this room is protected by <laughs> FM 400 wasn't the exit. <laughs> oops, I got lost. I'm sorry. sorry. Why was your data center room door unlocked anyway? Oh, I had to pick it? Oh, um, uh, that was an accident. <laughs> I, I think for that type of social engineering, is, that's that's right. I mean, you're having to adapt to the situation. Right. And when you get some of these slide decks, especially some of the random ones I've made, <laughs> you're going to have to adapt. And those that do, you know, I, I'm going to assume that, yeah, they would probably do better in that kind of uh, social engineering situation where you're having to play it, you know, tap dance around whatever's going on. So are there any uh, any performances at Who's Slide that really stick out in your head as like, that was a really great one? And I know it might be hard first, to think of. The, the first time we did it at Derby, the guy that actually won it, um, I think he did it, his presentation completely in Danish. <laughs> How did you score it? Did you have a judge that spoke oh, Danish? He, the, the, no, the judges you know, gave him the best scores. But, yeah, he did it completely in Danish, and it, and it worked. Um, there was a sciatic nerd. He did it at, at DEF CON that year. He got a deck, and he blew through the deck. You know, didn't, didn't do that great. He decided to try it at Derby that same year. He got the same deck. <laughs> what are the chances? Yeah, it's a random pull of the ping pong ball at that point. He did awesome, not because he knew the deck, but he approached it from a different situation, right. different point of view, and just blew it out of the water at that point. Right. Uh, the one we had at DerbyCon this year, uh, the winner, again, she got the system D deck. This is yeah. system D deck. Okay. The, the, the <laughs> system D deck. She gave the, pre- she gave a great presentation. You know, judges judge gave her basically the high score. She won at the end. She goes, I have to confess. I don't know anything about system D. <laughs> and, and I was going to say at the end, did she go, what system D? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think that shows that it doesn't matter so much what the slide deck is. It's the situation. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all about performance. It's all about trying to convince the audience that um, you know what you're talking about, even if they know you don't know what you're talking about. Because obviously right. they all know you don't know what you're talking about because that's the whole point. 
and usually the people that don't do good are the ones that basically point out, Here, here's a cow here's a duck with a machine gun here here's a car that's in the water upside down right and just pointing out everything those usually don't do well well yeah you're just pointing uh, out the obvious right exactly you're not you're, you're not giving it a good story or if they do that they'll tell their their narrative and then say uh, here's the duck and here's the cow yeah i mean it, it could be a way to to build up your uh your comfort level though, right? You know, every, everyone's got to have some sort of a Oh yeah. Like I'd imagine if the first time anyone does who slide, there's going to be <laughs> a certain amount of anxiety surrounding it, right? Which is exactly what I experienced when I tried to do it. It was more or less like there were there were folks that there's there's a guy who was coming to our Defcon group who who you who was a coworker of both Jason and mine um, who's just good at this kind of thing. He's good at thinking on his feet. He's a funny guy. Um, and he's a technical guy. So he can take information like this and just spin it however he wants. Um, and he was doing, he was just like hitting these things out of the park all night long. And then I got one. And in my head, I'm thinking to myself, I got to compete with that. <laughs> when in reality, you don't. You just need to have fun and do it. Right. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. The, the, the people that have their narrative and they, kind of stick with it, you know, end up having a good time with it, no matter what's up on that screen. Right. Even if it is David Hasselhoff. Right. Right. And that, that's, that's really, that's, that's what made his so funny. He would, whatever slide came up, he would think of a way to tie it into whatever it is that he decided that this particular presentation was about. And usually that was defined by the first slide. The first slide would give him an idea and he'd just run with it throughout the whole thing. Man, Jason, if if he comes to DerbyCon this year, we gotta we need to get him into who's slide. We need to make sure that the that the hackier derby judging is not the same time slot as hat or as uh, who's slide was, like like it was this past yeah. year. We gotta we gotta stop that. So we're, we're gonna have we to accept it as well. We gotta coordinate with Danny as long as you guys get accepted. I I I want to say that it's probably, I don't want to say guaranteed, but it's likely that Hack Your Derby is going to get accepted um, just because it seems like it's a shoe-in for that conference. Um, oh, yeah. And I bet Who's Slide will, too. And it's a tradition now, so. It is. It is. It is. So. And if it's the last one, not, not not like there's going to be, you know, like great of a prize or anything, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. We'll give you a match for next. Oh, wait. <laughs> no. But, you know, I will say that because of Hack Your Derby, I haven't had to worry about getting a ticket for the last three years <laughs> yeah right um so yeah last year i got a ticket and this year i got a second ticket because we had the, the conference well we had, the, it, we had the contest to run I, I think it's entirely feasible we should be able to give away a black badge this year yeah absolutely we could just make one out of cardboard it won't matter <laughs> here's your black badge why why is it written by an eight-year-old oh my daughter made it <laughs> It's got to have some LEDs on it, though. Yeah, we'll put some LEDs in it. Absolutely. And some plexiglass. <laughs> Plexan or something. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, going back to DerbyCon, it, it's, again, it's more the people any, than anything else anymore. Yeah, it really is. Again, like you were saying, if it's something you, want, you really want to go and see in person because one reason or another... That the, there's certain people that if they talk at DerbyCon, I will do whatever I can to go see that person. Yeah. 
Um, There's but, just something about the atmosphere at that conference where nobody seems unapproachable. Yeah. Now, admittedly, the first year I went, there was and probably the only negative thing I had happened. Somebody, it wasn't really directed at me, but somebody with the way, just the attitude that they were giving off was, it's like, oh, I shouldn't even be here. I should just go and leave now. I'm, I'm out of my league here. Yeah, I mean, the the, but, the first year we were there, I definitely had that feeling, but I don't know that it was because anybody treated me that way. It was because I went in feeling that way. It, and if that, anything, it, the... Sorry, go ahead. You you broke up and I was talking. It, it, it was just basically, you know, they, they were saying, oh, yeah, well, I saw this person here and they talked about this here. Da, 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 and it was just overblown. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, well, then why? I, I guess I shouldn't be here. I should go somewhere else. But yeah, that that's probably the most negative thing I've, I've experienced there. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate that some people have had a negative negative experience at DerbyCon. Um, not necessarily just what you described, but you know, I there's obviously some sort of a thread behind the the negative comments that the team that runs DerbyCon has received, which is part of why the conference is coming to an end. I don't claim to know much about that. Um, I've heard some rumors and I've heard, you know, that some people have had a negative experience. I, I wish I could better understand that. Uh, you know, based on what I've heard, you know, it gets to the point where you, you can only take so much. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's so certain... What do you do? Do you keep going with it, even though you're going to, you know, it's just going to keep coming on coming, or do you quit? Well, there's, there's certain folks that are just squeaky wheels and that I think came to a head last year. Um, but I, I know that there have been a, a couple occurrences where, where people legitimately did have a problem with the conference. Now I don't know enough details to talk about. That's why I'm being vague. Um, you hear things, but again, Hearing something and actually right. going ground truth are usually two different things. Right, right. So, um, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like, and this may just be because of conversations I've had with a couple of people, I feel like being who I am, um, not like position-wise or career-wise, I mean just being a, a white dude. Um, I get a different experience at DerbyCon than some people might. And I, we're all white dudes, the three of us on this show at the moment. So maybe I'm speaking to the wrong crowd. But um, I, I just get this general vibe that while I've been having a good time at DerbyCon, there are people that haven't been. And that's part of why there's, there's problems right now. I, the only point I'm trying to make is that I wish I could understand that better from other people's point of view. Um, I don't want to get too deep at this point. I've had enough uh, enough beer at this point uh, that it's it's probably not coherent. But um, unless you're in that person's shoes, you don't know exactly what they went right, through. Right, right. And I I, th I think my my point never is never will. Yeah. This 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 whole thread we've been carrying on on um, on Iron Sysadmin has been 
you know, highlighting some of the good that's come out of DerbyCon. And I, I don't want I don't want to gloss over the fact that there 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 may be people that have legitimate complaints. I I don't see them. And maybe they're not there. Maybe they are. I, I don't know. But, uh, well, whatever. I, I'm going down this weird rabbit hole at this point. So, <laughs> I think I think um, it's it's hard to say anything because we're look we're we're a bunch of white dudes, and that sort of puts us in a privileged position. Whether whether we are or not, it doesn't matter. It's a perception thing. Yeah. Um, I think that some of what's happening at DerbyCon, not not all of it, but some of it is just is is sort of the a reflection of what's going on in the country and the world as yeah. it is now. Yeah. Right. So it's not it's not necessarily against directly against DerbyCon and and what DerbyCon is and and the um, the organizers. It's just sort of a reflection of what's going on elsewhere. But there is some there is definitely some. Um, some activity that goes on in, and not just DerbyCon, but other cons, um, that needs to be stamped out. And, and you know, if it takes jumping up and down and screaming and yelling to do that, then then that's what it takes. Um, you know, people are people, and, and nobody deserves to be treated less because of, you know, the color of their skin or what body parts they have or what ailments they have. Or, you know, look, everybody's deserves a fair shake and to belittle somebody or treat somebody different because of, of because they're different than you in some way is, is ridiculous. There's, there's brilliant people that you may not know are brilliant because you won't take the time to figure, you know, to, to say hi, to yeah. learn who that person is. And that's it's dumb. Yeah. That's, that's part of what frustrates me. I've, I feel like my generation was like a, a split between the the previous generation, which had a lot of prejudices, and the next generation, which tried to cast those off. You know what I mean? I, I think, Jason, you, you I, I think you're hitting on this, the same point, right? The, the things you're saying, I agree with wholeheartedly. Um, when I When I hear a good idea from someone, I don't color it with who they are. I color it with the intelligence that's behind it. Right? And I know there's a lot of people my age that don't. They see they see race or they see gender or they see nationality and they judge based on those things. Um and I I, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to put that. But uh yeah, we're we're getting pretty deep for a, a technology podcast. Um I I do Something that is definitely uh, relevant to technology is minorities in tech, whether that's based on race or gender. Um, I don't know that we could even scratch the surface on that without having an expert on the show. <laughs> so Yeah, I'd, I'd like to have, just for the sake of ensuring that I, I don't say something that's completely out of out of line, I'd like to have more representation on the show before before we delve yeah, into something sure. like that. Sure. And maybe maybe that'll be a thread we we tackle some other time. So, I think we've gone on quite a bit tonight. We're let's see, we're probably <laughs> approaching 2 hours at this point. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think we're past 2 hours because the recorder 
has uh, the recorder has a has a time limit where it splits it into a second file, and I think it just did that. <laughs> so it's a long show tonight. Uh, what I think we should do is try to wrap up. So, um, Tim, I, I guess one last thing I'd like to know from you is if you have any really cool or really like great things, great memories uh, from DerbyCon that you would like to share with the audience. Oh my. Because there, there, there's been a lot of good things. Um, plus, getting to meet some of the people, you know, getting to meet, uh, well, both of the Jasons, Jason Scott, Jason Street. Yeah. Um, Jason Scott works with Text Files. Uh, works I, I feel a little left out here. Yeah, what about the Jason that's right here? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There's a two Jason limit. <laughs> I think I think I feel the same way though. So, you know. but, but it's primarily okay. just the people that I've met because of DerbyCon. Um, Absolutely. You know, ever like I said, it's plus the level one people as well. Mm-hmm. Like, even though that it's a local hacker space. Uh, where they're at in Louisville is my place but uh, I've been up, I did go up there for a CTF class that I wouldn't have known about had I not known that. Oh yeah, level one's up in Louisville. Uh, it, it's primarily the people, you know, that without the people that you could have a con there, but it just wouldn't be the same without that group of people. So even if it does come back, that's, you know, I don't know. You, you just need to have everybody come back. <laughs> right. Um, uh, was kind of cool too. Sorry, I missed you- the first, I missed the first year I went because I didn't stay for the nighttime stuff and, and I go look at, Oh wait, they were here. What was it you missed? I'm sorry, you 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 cut crystal out for method. a second. The crystal method. Oh yes, yeah. I I missed that the first time they were there because um, my dad got married that year. Lame excuse. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. I had a ticket and everything, and then all of a sudden, my dad's like, "I'm getting married. You're gonna be my best man, right?" Oh crap. <laughs> but I did make it up to him the second time. So yes, exactly, was- exactly. There were. Um, Dave said that a number of people asked to have crystal method back because they missed it the first time. I guess you were the other person because <laughs> I told them the same thing. <laughs> um, so it's for I, you I'd and me. Like them, I'd like them to bring infected mushroom back. Absolutely. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I, for as much as I like the crystal method, I've been, I've been listening to the crystal method since the nineties somewhere. Um, I love the music they create. Um, but, their live show was not nearly as good as Infected Mushroom. Infected Mushroom was awesome. I mean, just awesome. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Which album is that <laughs> that you're holding up there? That is. That is see, the, the, the. This is called Media. Somewhere in here is there, there's an actual CD. Yeah. Which album is it? Nice. Cool. Uh, um, looks self-titled. Is it just the Crystal Method? Is that the, the title? Yeah, it's just the Crystal Method. Okay. Is that their first album? No. No, okay. Uh, 
this is from 2014. Okay. Has emulator over it. Nice. Storm the castle, Jupiter shift. Nice. But, uh, yeah, that, um, you know, one of the things I heard, you know, one of the acts that we were trying to get last year was and everybody's been saying Weird Al. Oh, yes. Weird Al. And it got as far as stage requirements, and that's where it died. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that was that was a problem. But I've also heard they're going to try again. I heard that as well. Um, that that would be really year. nice. Um, but yeah, uh, the the best from DerbyCon is just the people I've met. Yeah, definitely. And of course, I, I, I've made a ton of connections through DerbyCon, and I've mentioned that before on this show. So, and, and yeah, a lot of these people go to the same cons. You know, it's almost like there's a loop of cons that people go to, but. It's just something about that place better. Yeah, there was um, there was something about DerbyCon at the Hyatt that was just the perfect thing, the perfect mix of venue and people and location. Um, yeah. It wasn't necessarily lost at the Marriott, but it wasn't the same as it was at the Hyatt. No, the, uh, the Hyatt, the Hyatt absolutely embraced us. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent embraced everybody. And I've I've heard people say the same thing about DefCon after they they left the first venue they were at. Um, you know, people that remember from the old days of DefCon. Again, I've never been to DefCon, so I don't know. Uh, you but, should go once. Yeah, I've I've heard that. I've heard that. But again, it's it's a difficult thing to get by the management, if you know what I mean. Uh, because it isn't necessarily directly related, especially DefCon. DefCon has a definite um, reputation. <laughs> okay, you're going to go to B sides Vegas and spend the weekend though before you come back. How about that? There you go. There you go. Events <laughs> going on that same week, right. but originally when I went to DefCon, it was mainly to be a checkbox. Yes, I went to DefCon. You know, so here's what it is. And by the time I was done with it, it's like, okay, I'm going to come back. And I originally was going to do 25 because, you know, being the 25th anniversary and also being in a new hotel, you know, it's like, that's probably something I shouldn't do. But then, you know, who slide came up and <laughs> and I don't regret that one bit. And I yeah. missed last year, which I hate. This year, I've already got a room reserved. So at least I'm that far closer to going. Um, right. But it, it's it, one of the things I, I've, I'm talking about cons that I really like about DEF CON is the Sky Talks, which are not recorded. They don't yeah. even want you to mess your phone. Hmm. And, but it's a little bit more, it's a smaller pl- smaller room, uh, a little bit more intimate. Uh, the first year I went, I saw at least three or four top. Those were the talks. Because when you go to the big rooms, it you have no real connection with the speaker. Yeah. Uh, with Sky Talks, it, it, it's just a little bit better. I think you have more of a connection with the speaker. Um, then, uh, 
the uh but anyway that getting off point again <laughs> it's okay it's getting late <laughs> uh, it, it, <laughs> tell me about it uh but yeah Der- derbycon it's the people yeah all right well i think we're gonna have to call it a close at that otherwise i'm gonna spend uh forever trying to edit this episode um so tim thanks for being on the show uh do you want to let people know how to reach you if they want to chat on twitter or wherever i'm on twitter a jedi day a jedi day it's the opposite of a jedi night i was wondering if you're going to share the reason for the name (laughs) i i needed a new handle at one point and it's just kind of stuck around now for too many years yeah yeah it's Uh, it's funny how we come up with names I'll just get one new place later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm on Twitter usually all the time. Cool. Yeah, that's that's mainly the the way I communicate with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think that's it for tonight's show. Uh, as usual, folks, if uh, if you want to find us and watch us live on YouTube, you can do so on youtube.com slash Podcast. Uh, you can find our Slack workspace at ironsysadmin.com forward slash Slack. We have a couple listeners in there. We have some good conversations from time to time, and you guys get some information from us about when the show is going to start and whatnot. You can also follow us on Twitter at ironsysadmin, which is our primary mode of letting you guys know when we're recording and when we're going live, aside from uh, you know subscribing and hitting that bell on YouTube. Uh, we've also got a Facebook presence, although all it gets is the tweets from Twitter because who has time to manage a Facebook page? Uh, Facebook.com slash Iron uh, you can reach me on Twitter as at Gangriff, G-A-N-G-R-I-F. Uh, Jason, you want to let people know how they can reach you? Yeah, I'm at, uh, I'm at Xenophage. Uh, there's an X in there, and uh, I think there's an E. Um, <laughs> and you can read my blog at uh, blog.godshell.com. Right. And uh, I'll, you can I'll always... update that. Yeah, you should you should definitely write more blogs. Uh, uh, you can uh, you can always find us on iTunes and pretty much anywhere you might want to go for a podcast uh, as the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. All right, folks. So I want to thank anyone who tuned in on YouTube for watching, and thank anybody who's listening to this audio only for listening. Thank you guys, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Tim the Enchant... What's that from? What? Ah, got it. What? What? What's this from? <laughs> what? I, sure there I are do. some who call me Tim. Tim. <laughs> you, know, you do that too well. I haven't seen that movie. Even has the rabbit. He even has the rabbit. Big sharp pointy teeth. With nasty big pointy teeth. <laughs> <laughs>